This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome into the Barreled Up podcast, everyone. This is a big one. We've been having some really good conversations here on the Barreled Up Podcast. Don't miss any more of them. Be sure to subscribe, turn on the automatic downloads, and don't leave your friends out in the cold either. Make sure to let them know about what we got going on here. Subscribe, turn those automatic downloads on. Okay, like I said, we have a big one, a very special guest joining me in this one. I'm grateful for his time. So without further ado, I would like to welcome in Bob Nightingale of USA Today in. Bob, you're down there at the owners' meetings. Welcome in. Thank you for joining me. Sure, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. I am really interested to get your thoughts, get your insight on what's happening around baseball. And I I guess we should start with the big news of the day. And I think two of them, one is somber, uh, one is maybe more of an expected uh, situation with the qualifying offers, but we'll start with Peter Souther because I would like to get your thoughts. I mean, he was himself a, 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 a giant in the baseball world and in the San Diego community. His family has their fingerprints all over the history of the game. For those that don't know, Peter Seidler is the grandson of Walter O'Malley, the man who owned the Brooklyn Dodgers, brought the Dodgers West, had some part in breaking the color barrier. Huge family history there. And what Peter Seidler had done in San Diego was phenomenal. Um, Philanthropic, uh, from a baseball perspective, trying to build that team up to uh, be a World Series contender, spending hundreds of millions of dollars. So he's going to certainly be uh, greatly missed. I'd love to get your thoughts, Bob, on Peter. And I'm also curious if we have a read on if this franchise will remain with this family that has that rich baseball history or if it will go up for sale. Yeah, just a, uh, a delightful guy. Yeah, I knew something was wrong because he hadn't returned my text in the last couple of months while I was checking on his health. Uh, knew it was bad. I mean, he stepped away. Uh, he, he went through like three or four different types of cancers over the years and always looked so frail. His yep. big thing was he wanted to leave his legacy for a World Series championship. So that's the heartbreaking part, you know, not even to make the playoffs this year because he didn't care about losing money. He knew they were going to lose money this year. They lost second most money in baseball behind the Mets, yep. but he just wanted to win. 
and uh, we'll see what happens now. I think maybe someone from his uh, equity firm will still run this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had always said he was going to stay in the family when he passed. His kids are very young. Yeah, uh, we'll see. What, yeah, we'll see what happens. I know he had moved to Texas to be close to the MD Anderson uh, Cancer Treatment Center there. Uh, but yeah, and just a a great guy. I mean, he cared a ton about San Diego. Really was concerned about the San Diego homeless community, and uh, was very involved in uh, in the city of San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, we pass on our condolences and respects and thoughts to the Seidler family and as they go through the next transition of life. Um, the other news today was about, or the, we had two other things happening today. We had the 40 man. That's kind of on the peripheral. There's certainly some impact there, but more notably, we had the qualifying offer deadline was today. We had all seven players reject the qualifying offer. Not really a surprise there, right, Bob? No, it's not fully expected. If someone had taken it, it would have been a shocker. So, no, when the uh, the seven guys got, uh, you know, off the qualifying offer, I think everybody in the industry says all seven are turning down. So, yeah. no, they're all going to do better than that, particularly in a thin free agent class. Exactly. Speaking of free agency and this class, why is free agency off to such a slow start? Well, it's almost like people want to make trades first and see what happens. A lot mm-hmm. of times it's reversed. They'll do trades later. But because it's such a thin market, everybody in the world needs pitching. There's not that many premier starters out there. So I think people are saying, let me see if I can make a trade first. And then I make a trade, and I'll go hit the free agent market. So kind of do it reverse right now. So it's slow, but, you know, baseball is always so slow. It's nothing like the NBA or NFL where everybody jumps right away. Right. So hopefully you know, things should pick up right before the winter meetings. Yeah, the, the winter meetings, that's a good one. That, that that's actually kind of segues into my next uh, question, and it is about Shohei Otani. There are some reports that he could sign before the winter meetings. Why would he do that? Why would he sign before the winter meetings, not during, not after? I think he signs after. I really do. You do? Uh, okay. Well, you know, when you're talking about that kind of money, you might as well see who else is interested. Mm-hmm. There's no reason from the world to jump early. You know, it's like hey, if someone says, you know what? Hey, I, I found $500 million all of a sudden. Let me jump in. You might as well let the big boys, you know, compete for him and everything else. So mm-hmm. I can't see him jumping out early. Uh I think you know, he's got a lot more interest than uh, than you would normally. You know, usually, you know, guys like Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, he only had two or three offers because right. of the money involved. In this case, you know, I think you can have ten teams not willing to offer five hundred million, but ten teams offering you know over three three hundred fifty million. The winter meetings with Otani still on the market versus with him off the market. Would we will we see would we see two different winter meetings in terms of activity and deals getting done? You know, I don't think he holds that many things up. Not too many teams can afford five hundred million or over four hundred. I should say uh, yeah. the fact he's only a hitter and not a pitcher, so teams don't have to say, "Okay, if I get him as a uh, a two way player, then I don't have to go get a starter." No, you do. Yeah, you know, the one thing too, I think people are mistaken is that. Everybody's assuming he'll be back in 2025 as a pitcher. He had Tommy John surgery five years ago. 
you know, he checked the records. It took him two years to pretty much to come back. So no guarantee he comes back in 2025. That's, you know, something to consider when we're talking about the contract length. And that is something that has also been speculated. Will he go all the way, a 10-year deal, a gazillion dollars with maybe some opt-outs, or does he go, it's been speculated, a shorter contract? Do you think he goes, does he go shorter, or does he go for all the money, go all in right now? He's got to go all in. It's just too big of a gamble. You can't say, okay, I'll do a short-term contract and hit the free agent market in two years. It's way too big of a risk. So I think what happens is, say you sign for, uh, you know, how many years? Eight, nine, ten. But you know, say over four hundred million. But then you throw a lot of incentives in there. So if you make so many starts, you pitch so many innings, he covers himself as a two-way player, and the team's protected too. That way, if he never pitches again, or if he's not the same pitcher, then they're not paying him as a two-way player. Right. I love the idea of the opt-outs every two or three years just because that also then keeps the team in check. If you're Shohei Otani, that team cannot look at the situation like, all right, we got Otani, we're good, and then they can rest. They'll know that they have to keep Otani happy, you know, considering how aggressive the Angels were this past offseason and trade deadline because they knew what was looming. Anybody that goes and gets him, if they know that's coming back around, Otani's got to have the foresight to understand they're going to feel the pressure, which will keep them active. Um, speaking of teams, who today, uh, November 14th, 924 p.m. Eastern, 624 Pacific, and everything else in between, who's the favorite for Otani, or if not the favorite, the top three as things stands, stand right now based on what you're hearing? Well, it's funny. I just had an angel executive uh, do a bear hug around a Dodger executive and said, hey, just break the news to you right now and tell me you're signing Otani. We know it's going to happen. You know, they both laughed about it. And uh, a couple of uh, teams that were supposed to be involved in Otani outside California both think he's definitely staying in California. Mm-hmm. I think the Dodgers are the favorite. I think the Angels are the second favorite. He's very comfortable there. Then you throw in San Francisco, I think might have the high bid. Uh, you know, I'm not sure about the Padres anymore. The one sleeper, the two sleepers you hear, the Cubs and the Texas Rangers. Cubs don't make that much sense to me because of the weather. You know, if you only want to pitch, you're going to worry about, you know, whether you're going to have a game delayed by rain. Uh, The other team is the Texas Rangers, which makes all the sense in the world. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. If not for Otani, then I think Yoshinobu Yamamoto might be the top player in this free agent class, or could you could argue that he would be the most attractive player in this free agent class. His agent, Joel Wolf, and that is also John Carlos Stan's agent today, came into some interesting uh it found himself in an interesting situation with Brian Cashman, who of John Carlos Stanton said this. 
I'm not going to tell you he's going to play every game next year because he's not. He's going to wind up getting hurt again, more likely than not, because it seems to be part of his game. To which Joel Wolf said, I read the context of the entire interview. I think it's a good reminder for all free agents considering signing in New York, both foreign and domestic, that to play for that team, you've got to be made of Teflon, both mentally and physically, because you can never let your guard down, even in the offseason. Bob, did Brian Cashman shoot himself in the foot today? Did he sink his chances at signing Yamamoto? I don't think so. I mean, it, it is a tough place to play. I mean, yep. what you know, what Joe Wolf said, everybody knows that. I mean, the three toughest places to play, I'll go Philadelphia one, Boston two, New York three, maybe Toronto four. Uh, those are tough places. A lot of media <laughs> pressure, a lot of uh, self-inflicted pressure. How many guys we see melt down that just can't handle it? Uh, that's why Bryce Harper's special. He's been able to handle it. Aaron Judge handles it very easily. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, Yamamoto, whoever you know, talking about going to New York, they all realize that it's a tough place. Yeah. Now there's so much anticipation being built up around the trade market this offseason. You mentioned it uh, earlier in the in the in the pod. The Brewers saying everyone's available. The White Sox saying everybody but Luis Roberts available. You got Pete Alonso rumors. You got Jonathan India news. On and on and on. Are we are we building up for a massive letdown? Or will this be one of the most active trade-filled off-seasons in recent memory? I, I think we'll have a lot of trades. But that one thing you worry about as far as, you know, just a lot of activity is, you know, who's actually rebuilding here? Except for the <laughs> Oakland A's, every team is saying they're going for it. Yeah. So no one's just dumping guys and saying, okay, you can have them. Yeah, will Milwaukee do that? We'll see. It's very possible, particularly with Brandon Woodruff's injury. But you don't have too, too many teams doing that. Uh, but, no, I think there will be a lot more trade talk, particularly, hey, position players for pitchers, that sort of thing. Everybody's dying for pitchers. You know, yes. what, you know uh, Scott Boras said that the uh, GMEs last week, he had seven teams saying, we not we normally not need one pitcher. We need two starting pitchers. Yeah. Along the trade conversations, Juan Soto, with the news today, do you think that we still have trade activity with him this offseason? Because obviously ownership has to agree on trading Juan Soto, and now that situation is in flux. Do you think that the Juan Soto trade market gets sort of patted down a little bit and, and maybe you know put on the sideline until the regular season? Yeah, people you talk to say that, you know, A.J. Preller, the GM, really wants to hold on until the trade deadline. Say, you know what, I'll still be able to get the same amount for him, whether I trade him now or trade him, uh, you know, by July 31st. Uh, We'll see. They do need to cut payroll. Uh, It's easy to cut that salary because he's going to make about low 30s in uh, arbitration. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's teams that, you know, enough teams that want him, you know, whether it's the Yankees or somebody else. And think they can, uh, you know, hopefully resign him. You know, we know he's not going to sign a long-term extension with the Padres, or else he would have done that. Scott Boris usually doesn't deal with that with his clients, so I would, I would move him. Uh, you know, they didn't win with them; they were a disaster last year. Yeah, might as well get something back in return from what you gave up to get in the first place. Would you view the Yankees as a favorite? I've been saying on the channel and on the pod that. 
of all the teams that you can find a trade fit for that the Yankees have maybe the largest burning desire because it's unacceptable for them to have a season like they just had. Brian Cashman is visibly and audibly pissed off. Is there a fire burning for the Yankees that might make them a little bit more aggressive than other teams that we're hearing about that are rumored about? I mean, I can see them. I can see the San Francisco Giants, perhaps the Cubs. Giants need to sell tickets. They can't get stars. You know, they missed out on Stanton years ago and Harper, you know, on and on. Uh, you know, Aaron Judge a year ago. So they need him as much, if not more, than anybody else. Uh, the Yankees will be in, in play, too. Yep. I mean, not too many teams can afford a $33, 32000000 million contract plus give up, you know, plus give up prospects. I think you only have two or three teams realistically even bidding on Soto. The Blue Jays, we, we keep hearing, and Blue Jays Nation, it, it's been the Blue Jays want to do something big, and something big in quotes. Any idea what that actually is? Well, they need to start winning. I mean, they've been underachieving, not underachieving like the San Diego Padres, you know, or the, or the Mets or the Yankees for that matter. But they need to uh, make a splash. They need to get people excited. I kind of get the sense more and more that Joey Votto will end up there just to sell tickets, you know, being yep. a Toronto native. But they gotta, they gotta do something. They gotta get that offense going. Uh, too many guys had down seasons. Um, we'll see. You know, to put Jim Marlowe Hill now on that coaching staff to hopefully shake things up. But they've been a bitter disappointment. I mean, on paper, you can say they've had the most talented division for the last two years. Yeah. Are you there? There's been talk about how the Blue Jays would be a top 10 team in the mix for Otani. Is there, I mean, is it that big or is it Joey Votto big or somewhere in between? I don't think it's Otani big. I mean, I think, you know, realistically, you know, he's not going to go all the way to Toronto, you know, and still have his fans come from Japan and everything else. That's why I think he's staying in the West Coast. Uh, but yeah, I mean, could they be involved with it like a Juan Soto? They could. But what's the chance of, uh, of Soto staying there as, as a free agent. So I think they wanted to make a splash. You know, could they be involved in a, a Chris Bryant type guy? You know, sure. I, I just don't see Otani. Yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about the Mets real quick. Uh, we, we, we can't not talk about the Mets. You reported that they don't feel like they have a realistic chance at Otani. And we know that Yamamoto is a focal point of their offseason strategy. Do you feel comfortable in their chances for Yamamoto? And if they miss out on him, what could be plan B? Yeah, I think they really want Yamamoto. I mean, I think that's their number one guy. Not, you know, not Otani, but him. Uh, I guess the number two guy would say, you know, Blake Snell. Can he handle New York? Uh, he's only pitching two small markets in, in San Diego and Tampa Bay. Uh, if not him, how about Aaron Nola, who hasn't missed a start in five or six years? Or Jordan Montgomery, who's shown that he's tough. Uh, well, you know, one of those guys, I would think. What are you hearing about Tyler Glass now? Could he maybe be on the Mets' radar as potential trade with his salary getting up to a point that maybe the Rays are uncomfortable with? It's the final year for Glass now. Is there maybe a trade partnership with the Mets and Glass now? Or are, are we you hearing Glass now and, and, and there's other there's other teams? I'm not sure Glass. The only reason I back away from him 
is that I think they're in for the long haul. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Steve Cohen came out last year and said, you know, we're trying to be competitive uh, in 2024, but really win in 2025. If they really want to win this year, they, you know, the in upcoming year, they never would have traded a Max Scherzer or a Justin Verlander. So I'm a little skeptical on, on Kalasnow going there just because I don't think they're poised to win right now. Right. Those of you that are watching live, those of you that are listening on the podcast, good news. We are going to continue with Bob for another five to ten minutes. Those of you watching the replay or watching about an hour after the live stream ends, this is where we are going to end with you. The only way to continue with Bob, you're watching the replay, will be to check out the podcast. And that will be, I'll make it real easy for you. There will be a link down below in the description for you to hop over Listen to the podcast, catch the rest of the conversation with Bob, and while you're there, make sure to subscribe. Those of you, again, watching the replay, thank you for coming in. Those of you live, those of you on the podcast, we will continue. Let me ask you, if I could, about the Chicago Cubs. They just gave a boatload of money to Craig Council. Uh, They spent money last offseason. Now they need to replace or bring back Cody Bellinger. Stroman opted out, so you think maybe they would like an arm. What's the read on the Cubs as of right now? I don't think Bellinger's coming back here. Uh, I think he's more of a Yankee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't rule. I don't rule out San Francisco. I'll go Yankees or San Francisco with Bellinger. Uh, I just don't see him bringing him back at you know two hundred million dollar plus. I think they say you know what we got a ton out of him, the most we could. You know, let's let's move on from there. And, uh, you know, help construct our team in, in, in different ways by getting pitching, you know, uh, yep. getting offense. I think they'll be in the Otani hunt. But, you yep. know, you talk to them realistically, and I talk to them privately today, you know, they don't, they, don't, they think they're real outside, uh, outside long shot here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are the Cubs going to be looking to make a splash with the pitching? Or, you know, they've got some nice pieces that they can build around for the top of that rotation. Are they going to maybe try to make a splash with pitching? Or are they going to go maybe pitching depth? I think they'd love to get a, uh, a big-time starter like an Aaron Nola, a Blake Snell. You know, they got, uh, what, $42, $43 million off the books? Yes. And, uh, and, and just uh, Marcus Stroman coming off and Jason Hayward coming off. So they can do a lot of different things. Yeah, they do. They've got money to spend, um, and we know they were aggressive last year. So, staying in the NL Central, the Cardinals. Um, I, I was reading a report today, and 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 my eyes did the eye emoji thing in real life. The Cardinals are looking for three pitchers, is what I saw. Um, can they get three pitchers? Because there's obviously got to be a, a good strategy to that. You can't go out and get three top free agents. You can't trade the whole system away for pitching. Can the Cardinals get three pitchers, or we are they just shooting for the moon? And if they don't get there, at least they're in orbit. They didn't get three pitchers. If one's a stud and the other are, you know, me and you, they, they, mm-hmm. they got three pitchers. I, you know, I think they uh, realistically they're going two pitchers. 
and say, you know what, maybe we'll try to uh, find a guy within or a hybrid type guy. But, you know, they never spent that kind of money. Uh, you know, I'm trying to think the last time they, you know, did that kind of deal. Maybe, you know, Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, right. Yeah, but, you know, to get Aaron Nola, it's going to cost too much money. You know, Blake Snell's kind of out, out of the question. So uh, I think two solid guys, but I just don't see them in the same stratosphere as, as these other teams. There have been rumors about another Blue Jays and Cardinals trade because those two love trading with each other, apparently, about Alec Manoa popping up in trade rumors as a possible candidate for St. Louis. Is that, I think it's crazy, but that's my opinion. You know a lot more than I know. Uh, is that crazy? Well, with Manoa, I mean, you got to believe that a change of scenery is everything he needs. And so they're not going to deal him, you know, unless they get a good return. They know yeah. his value is low, so I can't see Toronto just giving him away, knowing that they, uh, you know, everything may turn around mid next season. So I'd be surprised if they do trade him. I think they got to get, you know, close to what Manoa was a year ago, and not right. you know what he ended up to be. If a team is going to surprise us with a splashy move. Who is most likely to be that team? I'm thinking a team that's maybe in the bottom 10 of the league, the, the, the Colorados, the Pittsburghs, the Detroits, the Kansas Cities. If there's a team that's going to surprise us with a splashy move, who is that most likely to be, you think? You know, I, I think Pittsburgh's under some pressure to do something. Uh, yeah, yeah, Baltimore's payroll was low. They need to do something. Atlanta's never spent the big, big money. You know, the very good contract. So I, I could see them grabbing a Nola or something like that. But I, I want to say there's more uh, pressure on, on teams like Pittsburgh, teams uh, teams like Baltimore. To, hey, let's step it up here. We made the playoffs, but let, let's see if we can, uh, you know, get to World Series. I'll ask you a couple more questions. We'll go player focus now, and and then we'll let you uh, you know get get over to to dinner there uh, at the owners meetings. Ask you specifically about a couple of players here. Uh, Matt Chapman. Any read on the Matt Chapman situation? Now he has draft pick compensation attached to him. Is there a feel on? some Matt Chapman suitors. We know he was at the GM meetings talking to people before everyone's stomach got upset. Feelings on Matt Chapman? I mean, you know, we talked about surprises. I mean, I guess it'd be a surprise if he signs with Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks desperately, desperately a third baseman. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been talking about Justin Turner from Boston. Obviously, Chapman's a big upgrade over there. So I don't, I don't completely rule out a uh, a Chapman there in Arizona. Uh, you know, it would make more sense to me that he ends up in Arizona. You know, move uh, Muncie over. Uh, you know, back to second, something like that. So I think Chapman ends up out west. Uh, and then pitching, because again, that is that is what everyone's focused on this offseason. Let's go to who is most likely going to be the National League Cy Young. Blake Snell, feelings on his market right now and where some of the teams that are really stepping up for him, who's who's looking like they might be leading the pack? Well, San Francisco, to me, makes the most sense for him. Pitcher's yeah. paradise. You know, getting a little closer to home in Seattle. He loves to go to Seattle, but Seattle doesn't need pitching. You know, they can move some pitching, go sign mm -hmm. them. I just don't see that happening. Uh, Philadelphia could be very aggressive with him, just because I'm not sure they're going to bring back Nola. 
uh, I would think you'd definitely fit in a uh, Atlanta situation, a, uh, a St. Louis situation. I just you know worry about the fact he's never pitched in a, in a, uh, a big-time environment, how he'd handle that. Some people think right. he'd be fine. Some people are very skeptical. So I would yeah. think San Francisco would be the safest call. Yeah, that's interesting. You're a good point. I mean, Tampa, um, that place can't even fill for a playoff game. And uh, San Diego, unfortunately, again, the, the, the atmosphere this year, the what they achieved just did not let him elevate. So that's that's interesting. Um, and Aaron Nola, uh, same question from Blake Snell. We'll put to Aaron Nola. Feelings on Nola based on conversations you've had? Any, any team sort of stepping out, looking like they're you know uh, ahead of the pack? I think Atlanta is going to make a nice play for him. Let's see if he takes less money and goes there. Uh, let's see about uh, Texas Rangers. Something about Philadelphia, I, I just don't see it happening. Maybe because it hasn't happened yet. It's been going on for a year. Philadelphia has never been afraid to spend money. Uh, Dave Dabrowski has been very aggressive spending money. So I know he was talking about eight years at $200 million before. You know, they offered four years at about 100 uh, you know, obviously they got to close a big gap, but just something tells me he won't be uh, back in Philadelphia. I do have one more question. I just saw it in the live chat. Uh, I want to give the question out there because I think this is a player that is the fan bases are ready to, he's a very polarizing figure and the fan bases are ready to just erupt over this. Are we going to see Trevor Bauer back in the major leagues in 2024? Is there any chance at that, or is there still too much risk and teams are going to say, mm, no, 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 I don't think so? I can't see it. I just no. think uh, no ownership group wants to touch that, just with the uh, fan bases, everything's mm-hmm. going on. I mean, you know, let's uh, be honest. There's a, uh, you know, member uh, uh, Roberto Asuna with the Astros, outstanding right. closer. And he had the domestic violence thing. Right now, teams will tell you he's better than 90% of the relievers in all of baseball. He could close for just about anybody. He's still in Mexico because nobody will touch him. I, I just don't see it. I just don't think it's going to be the risk. Uh, any team's going to take that kind of risk. Uh, just with the uh, the fan base, you know, with yep. uh, disruption, uh, that, that sort of thing. So yeah. I, I would say no. Okay. I'm with you on that. I think I agree on that. I thought I thought maybe a couple weeks ago that there was a chance. I know I've said it on the live stream, so those that, that are watching are like, wait, Jim, you're flipping? I, I'm flipping. I when, A couple days ago, I was looking through things. I was researching some things, and I was like, you know what? I, I'm not even comfortable doing a video. I can't imagine a team comfortable enough going out and getting him. So I can I can certainly see that. Bob, I do appreciate you coming in. I'm glad you're feeling well after that assault on the tummies at the GM meetings, whatever was going on there with the food or the the virus or whatever it was. <laughs> Bob, I do appreciate you coming in and joining us here on the Barreled Up Podcast. I appreciate it. It was a good time. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. And again, everybody out there, make sure if you have not yet to subscribe to the Barreled Up Podcast Help us grow, rate and review, and those of you watching live on YouTube still, make sure to hit that like. We are all done. We are out of here. Thank you guys for coming in. Appreciate your time. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Notifications on if you haven't yet. Stay close. We'll be back with more live streams soon. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. (laughs) 